0: Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friends Show. I am your host, Nicholas Lorimer, and today I'm joined by Mr. Chris Hutton. Chris, welcome back. How are you?
1: Good afternoon, Nick. Afternoon, Mr. Corrigan. Doing well, thanks. hope you guys are too. I've provided some... Uh, candlelight here for today's show. Ah, perfect, perfect. This is you've
0: Got to have it. Indeed, and we are joined also today by Mr. Terence Corrigan. Terence, how are you doing? It's cold. Yeah, but it's not as cold. Thank goodness. Um, it's cold over the weekend, eh? Oh yeah. And uh, if you're in Joburg, the end of the week is looking a bit grim too. But uh, speaking of things that are looking grim, that is the rule of law in South Africa. And this is because former President Jacob Zuma, who has been running out of legal options with regards to his charge uh, for contempt of court. I mean, he's allegedly running out of legal options. He always seems to invent a new one. Uh, So he got found in contempt of court by the Constitutional Court for refusing to uh, appear at the Sonder Commission. Uh, He then uh, went on to fight this. Uh, He was eventually taken to jail for about 20 minutes before they let him out on medical parole. That medical parole decision was then taken to the courts a where it was found to be unlawful. The IRR was also one of the parties in, involved in the court case there. Zuma appealed that decision to send him to, that, that his medical parole was uh, unlawful. Uh, and it went back to the constitutional court who found that, no, it was unlawful. You really just have to go back to jail. So the uh, correctional services Um, have not yet given any details about how they are going to take him back into custody or if they are going to count him as time served. Uh, I I believe the original High Court ruling was a little bit vague on that and basically said the the correctional services uh, uh, could determine whether Zuma was in fact going back to jail or not or whether he had done time served, which is a very strange decision if the decision to let him out of jail was unlawful. But anyway... um, but it looks like he should go back to jail. That seems to be the kind of way the wind is blowing on this one. However, very conveniently, um, Jacob Zuma has revealed through his foundation that uh, he's, in fact, in Russia at the moment for medical treatment and will return to South Africa when he feels better. ANC Secretary General Fikila and Mbalula said that no one wants to see anyone at the age of 80 going to jail, but in this instance, the law is the law. The security cluster's job is to maintain law and order and to ensure that nothing can culminate to acts of economic sabotage, lawlessness, because those acts tarnish the authority of the state," he also said. It's then that the ANC was calling for calm. Um, Chris, let me start with you. Is indeed the law the law in this case? Are we likely to see Jacob Zuma in jail anytime soon?
1: That kind of feels like a loaded question, so I don't appreciate you throwing <laughs> it to me. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Many assumptions and questions therein. Uh, I think highly unlikely that the president will end up in jail again, and mostly because I don't there are no extradition treaties between South Africa and Russia, of which I'm aware. So if, if the South African government were to take that route, I don't see that happening. But also, why wouldn't he simply remain in Russia to obtain this medical treatment that he can only receive there. Maybe he could come back once we get the NHI, then you could receive a similar level of healthcare that he would then get in Russia, you could then get in South Africa, for example. But for him and his whole strategy of delay and that sort of thing, I mean, yeah, don't put it past him, even in his uh, more advanced years that he wouldn't have planned this for a while and seen this sort of thing coming. Um, That's why it also helps to be overseas. Um, and then from the ANC side, obviously it helps optics to say the, the law is the law, but given their actions over the last, what, 30 years, very much don't have much of a leg to stand on in that regard. So it could help a little bit with some of their supporters to say, see, no one is above the law, the party respects the rule of law. But if anyone, whether anyone believes that is another matter, um, entirely.
0: Right. So while no extradition treaty does exist between South Africa and Russia, it is within, I believe, the powers of the presidents to make a request to each other. So Cyril could presumably request Vladimir Putin to look into this case and then do a sort of case-by-case extradition.
1: Maybe when uh, Putin comes for the BRICS summit.
0: Well, that would be the great opportunity, wouldn't it? Um, So Terence, considering that South Africa has been, you know, being very nice to Russia in recent. Uh, months, despite all the international pressure not to be, do so. Do you think Cyril Ramaphosa is likely at all to ask Putin whether we could arrange some kind of extradition here? Because I assume that Zuma will never come back to South Africa. Um, that's my point. Of this Look,
2: I think that uh, if he does come back, it will be after so after an extended absence, you know, let certainly let the issue die down, then we can come back and we can, you know, like have a Court case to review the court case. I believe this is actually about a contempt of court finding. You know, this isn't this isn't even the big, um, you know, like a, right. an arms deal conviction.
0: Exactly, so, the corruption case is still going through the, yeah. the court.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, so this is this is you know essentially uh, this is almost a, just a procedural issue. Um, I I actually think it serves Ramapose's interests quite neatly to have him in Russia. Where, you know, the South African state just can't arrest him because well he's in a like in a sovereign country. And no, I don't imagine um a president from opposers going to prevail upon uh, upon Comrade Putin to 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 uh, surrender South Africans uh, uh you know medical refugeeslash slash uh, uh fugitive from justice slash former president, head of state, you know, uh, great baritone singer, whatever, you know, however you want to describe him. Um because I think this this extricates from Ramaposa from a uh, from a thorny problem. I don't think that that there is a huge amount of sympathy on Ramaposa's part for Zuma, um, but I think that there is sufficient within his own party that this is that this is kind of a bit toxic for him. If he's if he's out of the country and beyond beyond the the, the nominal reach of our law enforcement agencies, you know we can we can shrug our shoulders and say there's nothing we can do. Um, and I think that's pretty much uh, pretty much how we will play it. In fact, I suspect that if there is any communication, and I don't, don't think there would be, but I, I think he might actually be quite amenable to President Zuma just uh, you know sojourning there, you know, in a Sochi resort for you know the next six months to a year uh, until the issue is uh, has has kind of disintegrated in the general. Morass that is South African politics.
0: And after the elections, of course. Uh, But it's clear that something untoward has been done here. As part of his medical parole, Zuma should have surrendered his passport. So it needs to be investigated how precisely he got out of the country uh, Mm. without a passport. And how he got into Russia without a passport. Or was his passport never, in fact, taken from him? Chris, your uh, thoughts on this?
1: Perhaps via the lady R. <laughs> ha ha
0: ha! Well, <laughs> yes, maybe maybe that was the secret cargo that was actually being taken. I don't know.
1: Or that other airplane that stopped at Waltercliff as well. I don't know.
0: You know, I I I suspect
2: that this is a, this is as simple as his passport was never uh, was never confiscated. Because well, I suspect um, that. It is, yeah. the, uh, uh, there was uh, there was a news report that said he had flown there commercially, uh, along with I think six bodyguards. You know, it's great when you know buy one get six for free. Um, maybe maybe one doesn't trust the uh, uh, one doesn't trust the Russian security services these days, especially since the like attack dogs have now been sent over to Belarus. Um, so yeah, you know maybe you got to bring you got to bring your own. But uh, you know, I I think that 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 you know, there's there's this is this is the the the, the zone in which um incompetence, indifference, and uh, special treatment just intersect. So I, yeah, I you know, you 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 could also ask, you know, why no customs officials seeing President Zuma, you know, didn't think didn't think to question this. You know, uh there many people get stopped, you know, trying to leave countries on far, far
0: less. Indeed. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's going to reveal very shortly the reality here, which is that, as you say, this is actually probably beneficial to Cyril. He doesn't have to deal with this issue anymore because he can just say, oh, it's, it's not my fault. It's, 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 oh, it's poor Russia. You know, we can't do anything shocked. about it. I was shocked that this happened. Whereas the reality, he probably could do something about this and uh, get Zuma back and actually get him uh, on trial. Or at least in jail for for the things he has already done, and presumably on trial for the things that uh, we suspect that he is very likely to have done, like the corruption stuff, which he has dodged for what twenty years now.
2: I, I would be very very surprised if Zuma ever sees the inside of a court to answer any substantive charges.
0: Right, and I, I think now that this is, I, I, I suspect that he's not going to come back from Russia. That's my my feeling here. He's well, a pretty possibly. old guy, um, and. Uh, his his daughter and some of his family in particular have been very publicly close to the Russian state during the Ukraine war. So I I wonder whether he's maybe cut some sort of deal. But anyway, that's just speculation on my part. I don't have any, any real evidence for that. Um, but let's move on to our next story. And this is about uh, the state of our politics. We, we do these every now and again. And we had the ANC's leader in Kezarin, Becky Motolo, um, saying a large number of things, but one of the more uh, controversial things he said was, well, firstly, that he didn't think that power outages were going to affect the ANC's prospects when it came to the election, which I think is a controversial claim. But then he made a probably more reasonable claim, which is that the people of South Africa don't care about Palapala. He said, quote, They will tell you we don't have water. In my household, people are unemployed. The sewer is leaking. Only the ANC speaks about these issues. The opposition speaks about pala-pala and moonshot pacts. They are not addressing what affects society. Even with load shedding, they are drumming a lot. People are not raising it as a key matter. It's unemployment, poverty. And the cost of living. And it's only the unions that raise the matter of the cost of living. There are people who may not vote because they believe in the government, but they will vote in the interests of their country. They will say, let's keep the ANC above 50 plus one because we have seen what has happened in the metros. The consequences of coalition governments are greater than the dissatisfaction we have. In 2024, there will be two votes. Those who vote for the political party they love and those who are voting for the stability of their country. Those voters include the white community, he explained. uh, He also then went on to say that it was impossible to run a coalition without 45% of the vote in in any particular area. And that this is why the IFP and DA together, uh, even in KZN, won't be able to do anything with a coalition there because... Together, they're likely to get less than forty-five percent of the vote. He claims. Um, Terence, do you think he's right? I mean, there's a bunch of claims in there, so pick whichever ones you you, you think. But do you think he's he's right about about any of this?
2: You know, once um, uh, once again, I you know, I, I find myself having to you know resort to that great font of uh, political wisdom, Oliver um, Oliver Stone's movie JFK, where uh, I think. Senator Long says to Jim Garrison, "Ah, those Warren Commission boys were picking that shit out of pepper because I, <laughs> I rather think that I'm having to do the same thing." Yeah. Okay. So, do people not care about these things? No, they 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 care. But let's just say that, that South Africa's people have a high tolerance for, for, for incompetence and uh, um, uh, and and corruption. You know we were just talking about uh, about former president Zuma let us not forget he was extremely popular even though he had a cumulative nimbless cloud above his head um, so um, I don't but yeah you know, I, I think because that's sort of become almost baked in uh, there's no uh, it, it's it's its impact would be less than one than than one might expect in a serious country um, I think that when he talks about about load shedding, yeah, are people raising it? Once again, I think that the the issue there is 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 more complex. Um, people, when people talk about unemployment, well, you know, factor in the fact that uh, South Africa is not a great investment destination because you can't keep your machines running, um, or because, and you know, I wonder how much investment we get is actually people. Putting up solar panels, or uh, you know, um, their, their their own generation, because they can't re- because they can't rely on the state to which they pay their um, uh, uh, they pay their taxes. So I think until you can get that reasonably sorted out, uh, you know that 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 unemployment issue is 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 just going to fester. As far as. Um, as far as the coalitions go that's a that's an interesting one because i've seen I've seen this a couple of times in fact um uh, I made a modest contribution to 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 a piece that that Maurice mostly wrote responding to milani for well, in part in part to to something Milani for wrote in news 24 where she was also decrying the you know uh, prospects for for. For coalitions and it almost seems that there's a there's a mindset here that you know we are going to choose the anc or we're going to choose coalitions i don't think this is so much you know um uh, choices as, as the inevitable direction our politics is heading into the question is only you know where is only going to be you know can we make coalitions work um as far as instability goes there is uh, the anc's um uh, inept handling of 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 the country not least um it's uh, uh it's 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 meddling in the um in the civil service to the point that the civil service is now is now dysfunctional it's been far more destabilizing than um you know the inability to form a to form a durable government in Johannesburg now and that's serious that's serious enough um i think the 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 idea that the um uh that the anc isn't talking you know uh, sort of refuses to 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 consider this or you know uh believes that they're still going to um, uh, they 're still going to walk through the door well, maybe they will, but I think that 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 the time is rapidly coming when um when they won 't be able to do that they 're going to have to decide how they um, uh, how they handle it on the forty five percent look I think that that um, a coalition would need would would in principle need to be able to get over that fifty percent hurdle and uh the more uh components it's like more complex a machine becomes because of all the um uh because of all the moving parts so yes you know if it's two if it's two large parties together they can get over um uh, they can get over over 50 percent i but i suspect what he's saying and you need 45 percent, is that the anc must get at least 45 so that it can call the can call the shots um right. maybe you know, they look it's still a lot of water to go under the bridge. Maybe they can they, they can still pull this off this time. But then again, you know, still they are at the mercy of that of the five or six percent that they need to take them over.
0: So so added to this is uh some comments by Pekila and Balula. He said a bunch of things recently. Uh, one of them is that the ANC should review its coalition agreements with the EFF in the Gauteng metros, and that uh, it's not particularly happy with the way things are going. And that echoes some things that have come, especially out of the Ekurhuleni uh, ANC, who have been very unhappy with their coalition agreements with the EFF. So, Chris, my first question to you is, is uh, do you think the EFF ANC coalition is going to fall apart before 2024. Um, but on top of that, Vikila Balula also went on to say that, um, as, as Terence talked about briefly here, you know, he's, he's very confident that the ANC is in fact going to get more than 50% of the vote come 2024, uh, and that they're not even considering talking to any parties about coalitions because they are so uh, keen on victory. Now, I think all the polling, there's been some polling which that shows the ANC at about Fifty-two percent of the vote, I think, was the highest, um, but most of it seems to be between about forty-five and fifty. So, if the polling holds, which it may not, the ANC is kind of looking at something below fifty percent. Uh, do you think Bulula is so is is in the is is uh, being too optimistic here for his party's chances?
1: Yeah, no, for a party that doesn't think much of the possibility of coalition government. The ANC spends an awful lot of time talking about it and devoting energy and thought to what agreement should we have in place? What would the requirements be? You know, is it proportional? Who gets what? All this sort of stuff, all these resources being spent in terms of actions, I think trying to preempt some things maybe um, in advance. It's interesting also not categorically ruling out working with the DA that the ANC would have in the past. You know, as soon as there's criticism of BE, for example, it's the worst criticism of core ANC ideology and sort of a pillar of ANC uh, proposals and plans and now maybe the party are realizing how badly things are trending for it in terms of election results possibly next year that they're not ruling out working with the DA but also I think in a way wanting to put the DA in a bit of a corner because for the DA they've declared the EFF as enemy number 1 public enemy number 1 so in that way now do you are you willing to work with the ANC Uh, or not. In terms of the polling, yeah, seeing the the ANC between 45 and 50, I don't think as low maybe as 45 or as low as many people hope, even below 40%, still very sticky support in certain areas, so don't discount that. Um, But it depends now maybe what these so-called opposition coalition parties can bring together and work on. Um, We're going to see a coalition convention conference in the next month, I think, so we'll see what sort of things come from that, the parties that participate, if they now start to present a coherent vision to voters and a coherent idea of what they could deliver. Um, even last week, we had the IFP and the DA signing this uh, service delivery pact in KZN. Maybe that points to the sort of direction that these kinds of things could go, at least initially, focus on some basics and then build from there. Um, just on the, on Lula himself, I think playing the secretary general role very well um, every week, pretty much there's between 10 and 20 stories just about him and the ANC and sort of this idea of PR and being in the conversation and putting things on your terms, don't discount the sort of work that goes into that and wanting to be at the forefront. I mean, it's not always gonna be positive, of course, it is uh, the former minister of many roles and many uh, failed portfolios, but nonetheless, you still sort of dominate the conversation. So that could be part of the wider strategy, I think. Terence,
0: what do you make of the health of the ANC EFF coalition?
1: I, look, I
2: think that it's 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 the, the, there's an interesting dynamic in the sense that um, the ANC and the EFF are not too far apart ideologically, although I would say the idea, the ANC is probably a lot more um, a lot more heterodox. Um, you know, I think it, at, at once at one stage, you know, it was come one, come all, and you know, uh, home for all. Uh, lots, lots of goodies to go around. I think that the um, concern that someone like like Figili and Balula has now, and I think that he was actually personally quite friendly with with, with Malema. So maybe you know, maybe this is this is uh, uh, where this comes from. Is that I think that there are many in the ANC who are afraid that the EFF are going to be better at this than they are, and they're going to eat their own lunch. And uh, you know, you you sort of um, you know, it's like getting into bed with a succubus. It's very attractive until she eats you um this is possibly what they uh, what what they uh, what they are concerned of the, is concerned about the, the possibility of some sort of some sort of reverse takeover um
0: it, it does I, seem to be the, the 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 fault line that is emerging between the ANC factions which is over whether to wholly embrace the EFF or whether to maybe hold out for something else
2: look um you know i will I, also I will say this and uh, you know if you'll if you'll forgive me uh, coming back to 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 the article more is not published miss um, uh, um, Fav- uh, Favutin, and she's not alone in this uh, you know often admonishes the the DA you know they have to be willing to work with the ANC but um, last week the ANC had a um, in Kharteng had a conference um, uh, on local government and Panyazul Sufi was explicit that uh, they are not supporting the al Jamar mayors because you know they are um, uh, because they they like them. They're doing it specifically, you know, because this is against the DA. Now it's very interesting. You know, the DA was always was always attacked for being you know too negative or whatever, but this seems to be very much in, very much in that in that in that mold. And he pledged that the, you know basically their strategic thinking is that they're gonna is that they want to keep the DA out no matter what. Um, so on the one hand it seems that uh, uh, you know even if in absolute terms they might not be you know wild about working with a with the with, with the eff that certainly seems to be the way the Gauteng people are um, are moving um, on national level it it might it might well look 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 um, uh, look very different I think you know um, ironically the the the, the the possibility of some sort of uh marriage of or you know deal of convenience between the between the DA and the ANC. I just don't I just don't see it being possible. And I think very ironically once again, it might have been possible with the ANC under um uh with the ANC that existed under Mandela or under a Just think you, ha- you you had a great deal more pragmatism and just a much higher quality of thinking. Because they never, they never they never even had to have to think about that because, because their numbers were as they were. But yeah, now um when pragmatic solutions I think have kind of uh, you know seeped you know uh, seeped into the sewer.
0: Indeed. All right. Um let's move on to I think our last story for today. Terence, you wrote a piece which appeared in the dailyfriend.co.ca. So do check out the dailyfriend.co.ca there's some good stuff on there um about build 1 sa which is the political party started by uh, musi maimane yes and you you had a meeting with them and uh you you had some observations about the party so mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about what you wrote and and what your thoughts are on that party
2: yeah look um i um i see that that that's in the comments some of, uh, some of my readers um uh, don't like what i had to say you know, you can't have everything you want in this world. Um, I'm I'm old enough to remember the late 1980s when it was evident something was was, was going to have to give, and I, I think that and, and I, I don't know I get the same intuition now. Now maybe this is all false consciousness, and maybe I watched too much 24 and Homeland, and you know I'm given to conspiracy theories, and I've seen JFK too many times. But you know I do think that that uh, we do seem to be on the cusp of some sort of some sort of turning uh, turning point um now i um what what's intrigued me about um about some of these new parties is not that they say anything particularly new but that perhaps they are sort of entering this you know this 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 crack in history that lets what that that's their offering be um uh, be received in a way that wasn't that wasn't possible before now, Bosa, I think, is um, uh, is sort of hitting on the idea of civil society, citizen engagement, uh, new, almost apolitical politics, uh, talking very much about um, uh, about about coalitions. So I thought, well, you know, let me go and let me go and talk to them. You know, I I don't have to agree with everyone to you know to to, to have a conversation. It's something that we I think many of us in this country could learn. You don't you know top tip everyone. You don't have to agree with everyone to talk to them. In fact, is when you don't agree that you actually want to talk. Yeah, it's simple simple stuff. Um, I you know I, I could do a Jordan Peterson podcast like this. Um, so yeah. Um, I must say I I I came away with um uh with with. With sort of mixed views. On the one hand, I think that they. I, I met their. I met their deputy. Um, the deputy leader, Ubuntu, Ntlazwa uh, Webster, Webster. You know, I found her very engaged, very articulate. Um, I. There's no doubting the um, uh, the passion, and they believe that they are. Um, uh, they're onto a good ticket. They're talking about having wide ranging consultations, which is very South African it's the kind of thing we've 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 heard before. But you know, I do think that they are talking that they are. Um, in a space where there is a lot of disaffection, and perhaps you know there is a constituency, particularly as I say, uh, young people who who haven't voted, um, who uh, might uh, you know who who are looking for an alternative, and perhaps uh, perhaps this is it. Where I think their 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 big problem is going to arise is in the following that they're talking about you know this like groundswell support local leaders you know uh, uh, people who are offering very very, uh, very specific um, uh, very specific constituencies local leaders activists etc that's all well and good and i think if 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 we were talking about um geographically delineated constituencies you know which real electoral reform is supposed to have delivered you know from the 1990s not the kind of malicious compliance that we've seen where we get into like which province as a constituency, in other words, you're gonna like snip uh, snip a little bit at the edge. That sort of model could could be could uh, could be viable. My concern, and I express this to her, at some level at some time, you're gonna to have to rank these people on lists. Now, if you are, you know, if you're representing community A or whatever, you're a number one, you know, your your people, you know, have their person have have, have have their guy in parliament. Um, if you're number 15 on that list, well, you know, you're you're your prospects diminish significantly that's about you know um uh you know going beyond the person these personal attributes into you know a, a creating a, a, a cre- creating a brand identity. now she said yeah she conceded that that, that that was a point and said well you know they they this is something I'm going to have to wrestle with and i watch with interest as to as as to as as to how they as to how they will I can't help getting away from something, and it's also it's, it's something that actually came up in the in 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 the conversation that there does seem to be a very almost religious impulse behind this, and not surprising, I think, given that Musi Maimani was a um, you know was a pastor in her uh, in his church, and Ubuntu apparently also has some has some some uh, some background there. But yeah, you know, um, maybe. Ma- Maybe they will make a splash, you know. She says, you know, we we we've we've got to learn to do coalitions, which I found uh, which I find refreshing. So uh and they've um uh they've nailed their colours to the mask. They want the presidency, which I also find refreshing. You know, we're not you know, you're not sitting there in this, you know, foe uh, well, you know, not not me. I will only come if the people ask me. I think there was a bit of defaulting to to that sort of thing. Well, we'll do what um, uh, you will we'll let the people tell us. I think a party has to lead as opposed to just take direction. But um, yes, you know, it does seem to be an interesting model that um, uh, that I think is worth is is worth keeping an eye on. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't.
0: But no, uh, I, 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 mean, I, sh- I think I share I think I share a lot of your uh, your concerns about the model. Although the idea of getting civil society more engaged in politics, I think is a is a good one, particularly outside of the ANC's orbit. Um, mm. Chris, your thoughts on uh, Build 1SA and how it's looking so far.
1: Yeah, Time will tell if the sort of groundwork has been done. I mean, one talks about the sort of consultations and things, but what do you do with those and how do you act upon them to sort of actualize or concretize them in a way that you can then see the impact thereof, um, even in certain areas, doesn't have to be nationally completely, but maybe certain metros or certain more um, uh, more minute geographic location. So let's see what, what happens with that. The Some of the risk here, of course, is that some of these movements or ideas eventually get co-opted back into this idea of we can reform the ANC, support the ANC in this broader umbrella, just go with, you know, Ramaphosa again, New Dawn 3.0, whatever. whatever. I'm not saying that BOSO will do that. I'm just worried about sort mm. of that, that incentive or that inclination possibly, because that's a way for you to get international government and to make more of an impact nationally, sort of short term wins in that mm. way. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Let's see if where the sort of if the intentions and the, the, the aims are correct, based on, on real actions. Yeah, let's see where it goes from there. But uh, it, it, it's messy for the time being. But overall, the sort of maturation of south african democracy perhaps it's not as clean cut as many of us want it to be uh we want maybe some blocks some clearly defined blocks tell me who to vote for give me five points blah 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 it's not going to be like that i think at any point anymore in the future and
0: it's going to be a little bit difficult to poll too right because you know when you're going to have i don't know five parties splitting 15 percent of the vote let's just say uh, it's it's going to be kind of difficult when you do a national poll to kind of hone in accurately because the margin of error, well, you know, a lot of those parties will be within the margin of error. And so it'll be difficult to predict precisely how well each individual one is going to do. So in polling, we might see something more like the non-main parties, the non-IFP, EFF, DA, and ANC parties getting some significant chunk, but it'll be very difficult to actually work out within that mm. chunk what each party is going to get. Uh, but I'd be very interested to see if if Bosa does show up in any polling as we get closer to the election. Uh, I, can,
2: look, I I understand that that um, uh, Bosa itself doesn't seem to be making much of a splash, but it's also it's also quite new, and I think also the business model, if you like, maybe doesn't um, uh, doesn't give it an easy an easy in. Although I do understand that the um, uh, that my money personally has registered quite strongly in some. Uh, in some polling about uh, favorability future president um and uh, and that sort of thing and i see someone says, does the capitalist party still exist as far as i'm aware it um, it 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 does not and i think that that is actually a big big um uh, uh warning note because if if Twitter was south African politics um you know well, the, EFF the purple would cows would have, well the eff and the purple cars would' have split the vote in or two in the last election
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, That is all the time we have for today. So thank you very much for listening. We hope that you found it interesting, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Daily Friend Show. Also, uh, we're planning to have an episode on Friday this week for the first time. It's making us work. I know. I'm, I'm a malevolent taskmaster. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone. Have a good day.